0: To deny people their human rights is to challenge their very humanity. Welcome to yet another episode of WePod, presented to you by Business Cluster of IIM Shackle. Today, we discuss upon rights of children when it comes to a very crucial industry called tourism. We have with us the very cheerful and talented Miss Mona Young from Queensland, Australia. Miss Mona is a human rights activist and an expert on responsible and sustainable tourism Currently, she is researching responsible tourism to protect host children living in tourist destinations. She has published multiple peer reviews, journal articles. As a tutor, she taught classes assessing tourism impacts. As a speaker, she has given several guest lectures in Australia, Taiwan, and Korea about about tourism social impacts and qualitative research. She also hosts a PhD in research on host children in tourism. A very warm welcome to you, Ms. Mona.
1: Thank you very much, Ellen. Hi, guys. I am Mona Yang. And as Ellen introduced me, I am um, a researcher on responsible tourism and human rights, especially. I am interested in children's rights. Thank you for having me, guys.
0: So diving right into today's discussion map, uh, what does the term children as tourism host" mean? And what is the basic understanding regarding this?
1: That is a really good question now then. The concept of children as a tourism host, I call them host children, is a very easy concept. Literally, it includes children who are formally and informally engaged in tourism as a host. If you talk about my PhD research, I am especially interested in host children in developing countries. So let me share my experience of visiting a tourism destination in Cambodia, where was my PhD research contacts. When I walked around a park, several several young children tried to sell me souvenirs. They are host children. And a number of children surrounded me to beg for money, and they are host children. I was in a restaurant at a beach, and an 11-year-old boy served me a lunch. He is also host to children. I joined the tour package and a boat driver guiding me as uh, uh, the boat driver was a 11 years old boy and he is also host to children. The boat arrived in a slum tourism destination and a number of tourists took a picture of children living in a slum tourism destination and the children living in slum tourism area are host to children again. So, perhaps, you may wonder why I am not calling them child laborers or child workers engaged in tourism, but host children. According to International Labour Organization, child labor refers to children who are engaged in work that mentally, physically, socially or morally dangerous and harmful to children and interferes with their schooling. The problem is that this definition is very amorphous. For example, International Labor Organization says that domestic child workers, which means children help their family business are not considered consider child laborers. Then, if a child helps their mother's restaurant after school until 2 a.m., will it be considered child labor or not? That is very arguable. For another example, children living in slum tourism destinations or engaging in voluntourism are technically not child laborers or child workers since they are not directly engaged in economic activities. However, it is so obvious that these children are faced with physical, mental, and social risks. So, adhering uh, to the terms of child laborers or workers leave these kind of children behind the political and legal blind spots and perpetuates their inferior statutes. So my focus is not just child laborers or workers engaging in tourism, but foster children indicating all children who are formally and informally engaging in tourism. but well, that's good. Uh... So, which element
0: will act as the most crucial catalyzer to lead the transition of children?
1: Oh, thank With you the for
0: asking.
1: Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking that question as well. I can clearly say that the most crucial catalyzer is the understanding of tourism impact from perspective of host children themselves. When we have a look at the literature on host children, it is identified that most research on host children was conducted with second data or interviews or survey with governors, policymakers, NGO staff and tourists. So they are adults. Only a couple of studies listen to host children's voices. And the research research about host children projected by adults have been reflected in programs, projects and policies for ch- for host children. So to bring more positive impacts on to host children, we needed to know how host children perceive benefits and losses from engaging in tourism. For instance, my PhD research identified that hosted children perceive positive impacts as they emo- when they emotionally interact with tourists. If I give you more details, some children were happy when they interacted with friendly and smiley tourists. But at the same time, children felt hurt when tourists frowned their faces or did not say hello back to them. Also, while some children enjoyed taking pictures with tourists as they felt beloved, other children were reluctant as they worried their pictures could be used for pornography. If we did not know about this finding emerging from children themselves, we adults might claim that um, let's take away, let's take children away from the tourists because that is a dangerous, and try to minimize the encounter between children and tourists to protect children. However, most children themselves speak it out that they actually want to interact with tourists in good manner. So rather than the minimizing the children and tourists interaction we need to ponder together how we can provide a safe environment for children to interact with tourists. For example, tourism destinations can provide a kind of tourism products that children can be a guide for tourists, interacting with them in English, teaching their local culture under um, street local other supervision. For sure, all children should be able to voluntarily participate or withdraw from this activity.
0: That's a good way to perform uh, the post-tourism shift. So uh, children engaged in earning through activities like promoting tourism can be considered an unethical way of doing business. Mm-hmm. So do you think an ethical business model can be cowed out where children get into tourism engagement with all their rights protected?
1: Uh, that is a really tricky question to answer. But first of, first of all, I want to make sure that I am not supporting children's work, but what I want to say is that we should not recklessly ban children from engaging in tourism. Of course, there are types of child work that cannot be tolerated or negotiable. For example, child sex workers. In this case, children's engagement in sex tourism should be banned no matter what it is. But other than the obvious intolerable or unnegotiable work, we need to gradually address children's engagement in tourism by understanding why host children are engaging in tourism first rather than a reckless ban. The problem is that it is a very difficult to protect all rights of children, especially children from the low-income families. According to United Nations Convention on Rights of Children, children's rights needed to follow four core principles which includes non-discrimination, the right to life, survival, and development, and respect for the view of child and, most importantly, the devotion to the best interests of the child. And often, if the children are from families in the poverty, their main interest is making money. Article business happens when we listen to their opinions and provide some safe places to children to achieve their best interests without discrimination and without impacting their development and survivors. So I think the continuous research with the children to understand what they thought and their best interests and why these are their best interests can help to offer host children to engage in tourism in a safe way. And I think that is an ethical business model.
0: Yeah. So there's this movie, Slumdog Millionaire, which was uh, which is from India, which won an Oscar. And uh-huh. in the movie, it creates, uh a, a kid from a slum. Uh, the, uh, the the main guy, the, he and he wins a lottery. He wins a mill. He becomes a millionaire. So in the movie, it portrays how the person moves around and uh, uh-huh. information from various tourists. So if It would be good for your uh, thesis, I guess, the movie.
1: Thank you very much for sharing this movie. I think that sounds really interesting movie. I kind to have a look at it after this interview.
0: Yeah, so mm-hmm. from a social perspective, the activities in which children are working include boat drivers, souvenir sellers, etc. still assure some quality of life when compared to the darker side of the same, like abuse, trafficking, etc. which implants a bad amount about bad image about the country in a tourist's eye and affects the lifestyle of children involved in it. How should a country help host children to lead a respectable life?
1: Uh, That is a good point as well, but I just want to make sure again, I think we should not compare the host children situation with other children who are situated in the worst case. If we keep comparing them with others, nothing we can do because they are always the worst case. What we needed to do is to understand these foster children, focus on these foster children's cases and their concerns. And I just want to um, continue to add a, a, more, a few more words. And the problem, the boat drivers, souvenir sellers, of course, they may be safer uh, compared to the other like uh, child sex workers. But we needed to know that um, these boat drivers, souvenir the sellers, these kind of host children are fa- also faced to, to this kind of child trafficking or um, child trafficking or uh, impacting their development or um, access, limited access to the education. Um, I understand, however, at the same time, I understand that the government, especially developing countries' government's resources are limited. So the key as a partnership and collaboration. Host children's rights issues and safety issues are not just government's responsibility. Actually, all stakeholders in tourism and child rights have the responsibility to care for the host children. For example, utilizing my research finding that host children perceive benefits from tourism. Since tourism instills their culture pride and offers learning opportunities, local community angels and ho- um, baby hotel may collaborate in teaching children local traditional performance and interact with the tourists under other to supervision. Let me give you another example of the collaboration. Uh, when I visited in Cambodia, I met an 11 year old boy working at a restaurant, and then he was carrying a piece of onion to prevent uh, trafficking, um, trafficking, being kidnapped, because he thought that a piece of onion, if he rubbed the piece of onion on his nose, it can be a antidote to wake him up from the anesthesia using the trafficking. And there was a, another boy who had been kidnapped and saved his life by jumping out of the running truck. After he got through this accident, I asked what he did and he said he just told his mother and did nothing. Even his mother just warned him saying that, oh, be careful, the world is really dangerous. Although many children are aware of this risk of engaging in tourism and trafficking and child sex tourism, they do not know the right responses when they really face this kind of risk. So the government needed to collaborate with other NGOs, local communities, and tourism businesses using the national police network to set up a safe and easy report system first. And then all levels of stakeholders needed to actively actively educate children and their guardians on the right process and responses when they really face these issues.
0: Yeah, that would be a good solution. issue. So talking about your thesis PhD, the influence Uh of tourism on Cambodia's children's quality of life, which seems a unique idea to me. How did you end up researching this and what were your major insights?
1: Oh, well, back in the 2017, when I started my PhD, I had a chance to watch a documentary about child prostitution in Cambodia. That is really miserable. In the video, there was a five years old girl wearing a makeup and toted for the sex tours on the street. That is really hard to see. I thought that something was definitely wrong and I wanted to help her. But the problem is how, how I could help her. And then I decided to help her using my strength, which is my research skill. However, the problem is that conducting research on child prostitution was a big challenge as a new tourism PhD student. So I compromised and ended up researching host children as my first major research on child rights. But after PhD, I want to continue my work for children engaged in sex tourism, maybe in a couple of decades. (laughs) Anyway, when I started my PhD research on host children, of course, I had a big ambition to eradicate all forms of child labor and emancipate them from the exploitation. However, interestingly, the more I carried on this research and the more I read articles, the more I um, dig this research topics, I realized that eradicating all forms of child labor is actually impossible in capitalist societies. Even the idea of removing all child labor is a very westernized view, ignoring other non-western countries' context and situation. So my major insight is that we should not judge their lives from our view, but their views by listening to their own voices and understanding their situation. That is my major insight.
0: All right. So, coming towards the end, I would like to hear your thoughts on the halt of tourism due to COVID as an opportunity to, to bring a revolutionary change in the industry concerning post-children.
1: Uh, sure. Um, as all we know, now COVID hits the world and COVID lockdown has halted the tourism industry. Due to the lockdown, now millions of host children who have rela- heavily relied on tourism income are starting. I wouldn't say that COVID can be a great chance for the revolutionary change because foster children issue requires not just one-shot care but continuous and steady attention and cares. What I want to say is that before the COVID, many developing countries were addicted to the economic benefits from tourism development. So they tend to focus on making more money rather than sustainable development, caring social and environmental aspects. So they tend to focus on uh, what is that addicted? So they tend to addicted to the development resulting in the exploitation of host children. Tourism literature argues that heavily relying on tourism is very risky because tourism is a very unpredictable industry. Now, COVID is the evidence what's going to happen when we economically rely on only tourism. While the tourist visits are impacted, the government and other tourism stakeholders now have a time to take a big breath and have a look back at what they have missed. And while we have a time to think, think about what we can do for sustainable tourism development, one of my recommendations is um, teaching IT and technology to host the children. Actually, already there are a few NGOs and projects trying to teach technology to children in developing countries. However, when we talk about teaching technology to children in developing countries, we often think about very basic skills, like writing using the Excel, making a PPT slide, or writing the Word documents. Of course, those skills are important, but these skills do not fulfill what most children need right now, this skill doesn't make money straight away, and this skills skill doesn't instill their culture pride straight away. So that is a reason why the technology projects have always been unsuccessful unsuccessful so far. What I want to teach children on more advanced skills that can empower children and connect them to the real world. For example, nowadays many tourists who cannot travel overseas tend to watch, they like to watch, virtual tour videos on YouTube. So NGOs and government may be set up a place where host children can access computers and Internet and teach them how to make a YouTube clips. Then children film touring their village as a tour guide, etc. and upload it on the YouTube. Or children may learn about online shopping platform and sell their local products or crafts through the online shopping mall rather than selling in-person to the tourist on the street. Then children can create income overcoming the COVID limitation, and they also can handle the risk from encountering strangers and instill their culture pride and improve their IT and language skills, which they perceive as a positive benefit from engagement with tourism some people while i'm talking about this kind of um solution some people may think that but what if host children misuse the internet and have troubles regarding privacy and digital crime etc of course these children have to be guarded to use them in a safe way by getting an education about privacy and digital crime and here i want to emphasize that this concern is discrimination Many children in developed countries like the USA, UK, or you know, the, even Australia, the children are making money using using digital platform. They are making YouTube clip, they have a wheelos, they they also making some craft and they're selling on the digital platform. They are doing it. All really we need is to provide them, provide the host to children in developing countries access to IT and educate them to use IT in a safe way as we do for children in developed countries.
0: Yeah, that that says a lot. That's a very strong statement. And yes, hope that works out soon. Mm -hmm. So your work revolves around the post pandemic situation concerning the tourism industry. But Mm -hmm. the information pandemic effort is minimal compared to the pre-COVID scenario on tourism. So, how did you overcome this lack of data?
1: That is true. So, I actually have to admit that this is my limitation. I have a data um, that collected before the COVID, but I don't have a data after COVID. So that is a reason why more and continuous research attention is required for host children. So I just wanna ask you guys among the audience if if you guys have any interest in expanding my research on host children to post-covid situation please contact me to work together
0: sure sure i hope <laughs> I, I think most of our listeners would be ready to help you out with that so uh, thank you ma'am for enlightening our listeners and enthusiastic students with your profound knowledge and expertise hoping to interact with you in the future and hope our listeners also interact with you uh, on this note, I would like to conclude the 20th, 23rd episode of our podcast series. Once again, on behalf of I'm Bhattam, I would like to thank you all for taking your valuable time and addressing our enthusiastic students. Thank you to all our listeners. Stay tuned. Have a great time. Thank you. <laughs>